And Dr. Hill, thank you. Uh, you guys are wonderful and very nice to me. Thank you for the privilege of letting me be a part of this great movement, for reals. I know I'm supposed to say all those things because I'm the guest speaker, but I actually mean them. <laughs> they always tell me you're supposed to say all the right Christian things. There is a chance I might not say something Christian up here tonight. There is a chance I might go off the hook. There is a chance I might say something that's going to provoke you. But one thing I can guarantee you is I've had the privilege to speak to 33 million people over the last 16 years. I've coached and talked to some of the best minds, the best people on this planet, you included. One thing I guarantee you is I will give you everything that God's put inside me, and we're going to pull something great out of you and give you a picture of what your future looks like. I was asked by the mayor on the TV show, Rex, why in the world do you use the Bible? You got energy. It seems like you could probably sell refrigerators to Eskimos. And I said, I use the Bible because it works. I said, not only is it 5,000 years worth of wisdom, but it's the God that stands behind it that can pull off what I can't pull off. See, my good ideas are good and they may come to pass. His God ideas are God-driven and they must come to pass. How many want God ideas for your life? Oh, pastor, this is going to be a dynamic weekend. No sleep and let's go. Let's ready to go. I'm going to roll with what our pastor's teaching us because I feel like I'm a part of this whole victory vibe. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, it's on the left-hand side of your Bible, okay? But write down, and I want you to take notes tonight, and I want you to really pay attention for the next 30 minutes, okay? I'm going to come at you strong, 35 minutes, you can do it, and then we're going to explode into some cool stuff. You ready? That was weak. I just came from about 7,000 people. Come on. All right, says this, Isaiah 43, says this, 18, 19. Do not remember the former things and don't dwell on the past. Slap the person next to you, say, don't go there. <laughs> Ooh, somebody just got knocked the heck out. <laughs> Anybody need to pray for? <laughs> Turn to the other person and say, I ain't gonna dwell on the past. Say, that was then, and now is now. And let me say this while we're at it. You're a product of your past, but thank God you don't got to be a slave or a prisoner of it. That was real good. You're a product of your past, but you don't have to live as a prisoner of it. So God is saying to people that are challenged in this place, whether you're doing incredibly well, and you're at a great high in your life where you're kicking butt. You feel alive, you feel energy, you feel passion. You're changing people's lives. You're praying every day. You're fasting, you're doing big stuff on the planet. Or whether you're challenged and you feel like life's kicking your tail and maybe doing something with you. God's saying, don't dwell or focus on the past. But he says, check this out. This is the ghetto translation I'm using tonight. Check this out. I'm doing a new thing. Someone say new. Someone say new. Come on, Canada, like you got energy. It's a Friday night. If I was at a nightclub speaking, they'd yell at me. 
new. In other words, God says, I'm not going to do reruns of last year's episodes. I'm ready to do a new thing. The question is, will you make room for it in your thinking? See, if there's to be a radical transformation in your life, it must begin between your ears. Your mind has the ability to make a heaven out of hell or a hell out of heaven. The writer of Proverbs put it like this. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Thoughts, therefore, determine who you are. Say, someone say, who I am. Someone say, what I become and what I achieve. Therefore, if the enemy can get you to buy into limited thinking based on your then, he'll stop you in the power of your now. You will be a forward person stuck on backward thoughts. Ooh, that's good. You just had to get your mind to wrap around that idea. Why do you say that? Because you talk to most people. Hey, something big's going to happen in your life. God's ready to hook you up. God, you're going to be one of God's heroes. You start talking potential and life and passion to people. They tell you about where they've been. They give you the story that defeats them, dethrones them, depletes them of energy. You don't even know what I've been through. It's like you're the only person on the planet that's got problems. It's amazing. There's seven billion people and you're the one person we should feel sorry for. Aye. But I've learned this, you can't be pitiful and powerful at the same time. That was good. I'm just getting warmed up, y'all. God says, don't dwell on the past, I'm doing a new thing. Will you make room for it in your thinking? Your thinking, transformation happens in your thinking. There's a reason to get into the Word of God, not to do devotions, not to be Christian, but to get into God's Word because it's God's mind. And when his thoughts get into your thoughts, you start to think at a higher level. Instead of limitation, you think opportunity. Instead of poverty, you think prosperity. Instead of weakness, you start thinking strength. You start thinking like your daddy, the Jehovah Elyon, the God above every God. In fact, you'll know your mind is renewed when the impossible becomes logical. Oh, I ain't coming to play. We're going to throw some stuff down. Let's go for it. Making room for the new. Jesus in the New Testament said, you can't put new wine into the old wineskins. Wineskins became hard the more that they were older. They became hard and rigid. The old couldn't handle the new. So we got to change the way we think because where your mind goes, you follow. Think about this. You think over 30,000 thoughts a day. Most of our thoughts don't work for us, do they? They add up all of our failures, our weaknesses. They subtract our strengths. They multiply all of our worries and concerns. Oh my God, are they going to like me? Am I skinny enough? Am I chubby enough? Am I this? Am I that? Am I this? Am I that? Come on, don't act like you ain't insecure. Come on. Whatever. Oh my gosh. It's so funny going to like these red carpets and you watch Paris Hilton. She's like totally insecure. She's like... 
trying to act all confident. I don't know why I said that, but anyway, it was funny. It's Friday night, whatever. This ain't Sunday, it's Friday. I don't got to be a preacher till Sunday. Come on, somebody. But God says, will you make room for the new? See, if I took you into what's happening in your life right now, you're here not by accident, but by purpose. The fact that you're breathing is evidence God knows the earth needs something you contain. Look at me, look, 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 look at me, look, look, look at me. The fact that you're breathing right now, check your pulse. You got a pulse? You got a pulse? Anybody leaving? We need to get anybody off flatline real quick? We're all here. The fact that you're breathing is evidence God knows the earth needs something you got. That means you have something inside of you right now that can benefit and change the world. You are necessary. There's something that heaven put inside of you that he wants to get out. That's the only reason why you're existing on the third rock from the sun called earth today, because there's a hero inside you God's coming to find. Why is that? Because somebody's been praying for somebody like you. Somebody's been waiting for someone to rise up big out of Lethbridge, rise up big out of Calgary, rise up big out of Canada and shake the planet and not talk about what David used to do, not talk about what Samson used to do, not talked about what Queen Esther used to do, but we take our place in God's story. Not just review history, but we personally become God's story on the planet and we do something big with our moment. The, the Bible says the earth is waiting for God's kids to rise up and do something big. Big. Well, you know, I went to church once this month. That ain't big. I gave a tithe four times last year. That ain't big. Come on, somebody. I prayed for my friend Louis once, but I didn't tell him I prayed for him. That ain't big. See, heaven's talking behind your back about things still to come. What if heaven was having a conversation about you right now? Would you want to know what they're talking about? Whew. Could you imagine right now if God's letting Gideon look in on what our conversation is tonight? Why? Because I didn't come here to speak a message and look cute. I, I make a lot more money doing other stuff. I make a lot of money doing what I do. I came here on purpose with an assignment. Heaven's talking about you. Heaven's having conversations about, according to the scripture, what's still to come. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 says, remember me, I'm God, there ain't nobody like me. In other words, go www.jehovah, check out my resume and my Facebook page. Nobody's like me. I am God and there's nobody else. Come on. I declare the end from the beginning and things still to come. Heaven's talking about you. One day I was in a, a hotel speaking at the University of Ohio, sitting there minding my own business before I had to go speak, and I was watching the Oprah Winfrey show. I was all excited because Justin Timberlake was on. Anyways, 
I like Justin. I'm a fan. Some of his stuff. Let me preface it. So I'm sitting there watching Justin Timberlake, and he tells this amazing story. He says, you know, the weirdest thing happened. He said, it was about two in the morning, and I came home from a night out with my girlfriend. At the time, now he's married. And he goes, I was bored, so I decided to get on YouTube and start looking at videos. So I got on the YouTube and started messing around, and I saw this girl who was 16 years of age. She had a little brush in her hand, and she was looking into the mirror and videotaping herself, and she was gonna make, she made a video for a couple of friends at school, because she told them, I would like to try out for the choir, but I don't think I'm a very good singer. Tell me what you think. I don't know why she put it on YouTube, but she decided to make this little video and she was gonna take it off the next day. She fell asleep on the East Coast while Justin, about two in the morning, was bored. And he sees this girl singing into the video, or into the mirror, and she's singing like, let's say somebody's, we'll say Britney Spears song, hit me baby one more time. It's not quite the same, but anyways, I gave it my best shot. You can write her and tell her I impersonated her. So she's looking, he's looking and he's watching this girl singing to the mirror, and she thinks that she's gonna perform for a couple of her friends because she's hopefully going out for the choir. So he sits there and he goes, oh my gosh, this girl's got an amazing, amazing voice. So he calls up his best friend who produces his music called Timbaland, and he calls him and says, listen, you gotta go to YouTube, you gotta check out this link, there's this girl, she thinks that she doesn't have the ability to even sing in her choir, but she's amazing. We gotta find something to do, go under there, so they're having a conversation, watching her on YouTube, and he's like, Oh my goodness, this girl's got potential to do big things. It's interesting, while this girl was small in her thinking at 16, thinking, I'm scared. I don't even want to try out for the choir. She got two biggest people in the entertainment music side talking about how big her future could be. In fact, they started making arrangements and preparations for her to come. And Justin goes, you know what would be really awesome? Let's find a way to get to her tomorrow. And while she's thinking about talking to her friends about just going into the choir, let's invite her to come to the Grammys so instead of singing in front of six people, she can sing in front of a hundred million people. You might not have them talking behind your back, but you got God the Father, you got God the Son, and you got God the Holy Spirit, and they're talking behind your back about what's still to come. So let me take you into the Bible. Go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, that's on the right-hand side of your Bible. You're supposed to laugh at that part. I thought that was funny for myself. Whatever. How many of you like this so far? I'm gonna to try to get some energy in this next part of my speech. Verse 26, okay, it's in Luke chapter one. I'm gonna actually read like 10 verses. So it says, in the sixth month, angel Gabriel, the messenger, was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Someone say Nazareth. Nazareth to a virgin who is engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. Someone say, Old Joseph. 
of the house of David. So the virgin's name was Mary. The angel rolled up in his 5.0 and the angel said to her, hey, time to get excited about your life, Mary. You're highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Just touch the person next to you. Say, blessed are you amongst people. If you're a guy hitting another guy, you can say amongst women. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I never, thought, I never caught that before. Verse 29, stay in the zone. Come on. But when she saw the angel, she was troubled. In the Greek language means she freaked the heck out. The angel said to her, don't be afraid and go tripping in your head. Mary, you have found favor with God. Touch the other neighbor say, you found favor with God. Oh, you're going to like this tonight. So then it says this. Behold, you're going to conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. You're going to call his name Jesus. He's going to be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob. There's never going to be an end to his kingdom. Verse 34. How can this be, Mary said? I'm a virgin. I don't know a man sexually yet. Verse 35. The angel goes, yo, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And the power of God, the highest, will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One that's to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36. Indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, your aunt that dresses real nice and has cool shoes from Gucci, she conceived a son in her old age when she was at Banff. Now, this is the sixth month for her that was called barren. It's, it's in the Bible. Verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Someone say that. With God, nothing will be impossible. Someone say impossible does not, indwell, does not belong in my vocabulary. Verse 38, then Mary said, okay, I am the maid servant of the Lord. Let it happen to me according to everything you say. Then the angel departed from her. Ooh, you're gonna love this. So here's this girl, her name is Mary. She lives in Nazareth, okay? She's 16 years of age. She's a cheerleading captain at Nazareth High. Come on. They just had their soccer game. But Mary's in a place where she's learning to be situated and satisfied. She's growing up in a place called Nazareth. Nazareth was a place looked down upon. It was hard to see, it was obscure, it was dirty, it was known that people lower class lived there, it was small, insignificant. And yet she's the cheerleading captain at her high school. She's excited about, hey, I do cheers, but her parents, because this is what they did back in the day, they did arranged marriages. They arranged for her to marry a guy named Joseph who was about 30 or 40 years older than she was. You're like, oh Lord. 
So here she is. She's a cheerleading captain. She's trying to be excited about her life because all she's known is our parents determine who we marry. But she has to try to get excited about marrying old Joseph. A little gross, huh? So cheerleading practice just got done. Mary's on her way home. She's planning her simple life because one day she's going to be a mom. She's going to be known as a one person that carries kids. That's her job. That's her role. But she has this desire for a bigger life. In fact, her name Mary means to increase, to exalt, to rise. And she feels the urge within her like you do. But yet she finds herself in a confined, small, insignificant place. For you, that might be a family where you don't feel much love. For you, that might be a group of friends that don't see your true worth and value. For you, that might be in a body you're not too proud of. For you, that might be in a place where I don't get noticed for being special or having something. I go overlooked. Therefore, you counsel yourself in the middle of the night and tell yourself stories of why your life's insignificant. How do you know? Because I talk to people constantly who put a good front on the outside, but inside they feel like giving up because they don't feel worthy. Just like the guy did in my meeting the other day. A guy stood up and goes, I just wrote my suicide letter before I came to this meeting today. Somebody told me to come and you made me feel life again. Mary was to have this urge for a big life because her name meant to increase, so that was her hope. But she finds herself in a small place. How many people find themselves in a place right here that I wish I had more opportunity to do bigger things? I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. Anybody feel that? Raise your hand in the air. If that's you, say I. No, say like, if that's you, lift your hand say I. Okay. Talking to the right crowd. So here's Mary. She's planning her simple life. I'm sure she told her parents, can't we go on match.com? Christian single, ready to mingle. Can't you get me a guy more my age? Do I really gotta marry old Joseph? But the parents were doing the best they could for their daughter. Watch, 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 pay attention. You're gonna explode into this in a minute. They were doing the best they could for their daughter, but that's all they knew. All they do, so they told her, become comfortable and satisfied and be okay with just where you're at. But something inside her was a divine dissatisfaction says, there's got to be more to life than what I'm living. Anybody ever feel that? So she's on her way home from cheerleading practice, and can you imagine? She's skipping. Let's just say she's skipping. I'm going to marry Joseph. Gross. She's, she's planning her stagette. Ooh, I'm gonna marry Joseph. Come on. She's thinking like, who do I want to sing at my wedding? Come on, come on. Do I want Rihanna? No, she's a trans, I know. Do I want Kanye? No, I don't want him. Maybe I'll get that little Cray guy. I'm gonna marry Joseph. Oh, I'm gonna marry Joseph. Normal day. Bam, an angel shows up and freaks her out. Interrupts her simple life. An angel shows up with a message from God. 
God, the one that created her, who formed her, whose scripture says put a glorious design on every human being that only God could pull out of you what he put inside you. In fact, let me say that. There's only one reason you need eternal life. It's not to get have to go to heaven. You need eternal life because it will take an eternity for God to get out of you everything he put in you. You're not sitting next to someone that's limited. You're sitting next to a freaking miracle. Oh, that was better than what I just said. Think about this. It's not to get heaven. You weren't made for heaven. You were made for the earth. If you were made for heaven, why aren't you there? Jesus came to put heaven back inside of you. So you could do something big on this planet and bring glory to God and bring heaven to earth. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Hey! I'm going to marry Joseph. Maybe she was trying to do the running man backwards. I don't know. An angel shows up and goes, yo! It freaks her out. I always laugh at Christian people go, oh my gosh, I saw angels yesterday. They came in my room and they talked. I was like, loco, come on, your mind's playing tricks on you. Every person that saw an angel in the Bible, they freaked out. <laughs> they probably did stuff in their pants. They freaked out. <laughs> but yet the scripture says they're all around this room tonight. And I didn't come, I don't want like country angels, I want ghetto angels, come on somebody. I want, I want inner city thug angels. Some gangsters that know how to throw down and beat some devils off good stuff, come on. So I can live a big life. Oh, you have a hook. I'm gonna marry Joseph, an angel shows up. Yo, we gotta interrupt your plan, we gotta interrupt your comfortable, your predictable, your usual life. We gotta break up what you're normally doing because we're having a conversation and now's the time. Now's the time. See, the scripture says there's a time to be silent, there's a time to speak. Everything's beautiful and it's time. It might not feel comfortable because it's your time, but in this meetings in the next couple days, God's gonna place a new demand on you to become more. Not to get more, but to become more. He shows up to her and he's got a message with him. But he says to her, before I give you an assignment, I gotta assign you your right identity. We want you to know, Mary, you're favored by heaven. She's nervous. You, have, you try having Gabriel show up at your high school. At lunchtime in the bathroom when you're doing your mascara, because you hope little Lupe will think you're cute. Yeah, easy there, Ronnie. You're taking a shower with all the other guys. And what if an angel showed up and goes, yo! There goes Ronnie. He's gone. <laughs> hey, the Bible says John the, John the Revelator saw Jesus and fell like a dead man. An angel shows up and goes, Mary! 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 This has been the greatest moment of your life right now. She's startled. She's freaked out. He says, we want you to know something. Your, our view of you, God the Father, believe. He says, you're favored. What's favored? It sounds like a Christian word. What's favored? I say it and don't even know what it means. 
Favored means to be empowered with God's super on your natural. Favored means to be accepted, be approved. God might not approve of everything you do, but he approves of everything you are. See, God knows how to decipher behavior from who you really are. He can see the package, but he's driven by the content. Because where his treasure is there, his heart is also. He put a treasure inside of you. Slap the person next to you say, he's talking about you. You feel me? This is good, huh? Angel shows up, goes, we want you to know you're favored. You're empowered to God, by God to prosper. What if you got an understanding in here and you walked out of here? Say, might not everything you do is perfect. Not everything you do is godlike. But God's for me. His favor is on me. I'm favored by God. How would that change the way you see yourself in your life? How would it change? Well, what would it do for me? What's his favor stuff? It's invisible force. It is. In fact, the Bible says the favor of God could come on you and make you 10 times better as it did for Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. Come on, somebody. Don't get mad. I say it in Africa. Don't be all racist. Whatever. We're all pink underneath anyway. Enjoy who God made you to be. Come on, don't act funny. Some are Hawaiian, some are white, I'm red. Come on, they don't even have my dictionary. I'm red. Favor can get you out of things, but it can get you into things. It can get you out of things, but get you into things. It can get you out of strongholds. It can get you out of the enemies and tactics on you. It can get you out of pain. It can get you out of peer pressure. It can get you out of temptation. The favor of God could get you out of things, but get you into things. Someone say, get me out of things. I was speaking at a conference, and this really pretty lady that was speaking there with me said in the back, she goes, can I tell you my story? I go, I'd love to hear your story. We sat down together, and she goes, it's going to shock you. And I go, I'm ready to be shocked. So we sat down, and she goes, can I tell you that when I was born, I was born mentally handicapped. I was born what they call, and it's a harsh word, if you can handle it, I said, I can handle it. She said, retarded. She said, I grew up having to be in the slow classes ever since I was in kindergarten. Every day when I went to school, kids pointed their finger and made fun of me. You know how ruthless people can be. They point a finger, they mimic, they call their slow, they call their stupid, they call their dumb. She says, I grew up with this enormous identity that I never fit, I never belonged. But I had a desire to play basketball but I could only play with the slow kids' classes. They never let me play with all the other kids. She said, I hate the way I felt rejected and not approved and not good enough to be a part of what everybody else did. She said, their taunts hurt me. I acted like they didn't hurt me in public, but when I went in private, I hated who I saw in the mirror. I go, well, what happened? You don't look like you're handicapped. She goes, let me tell you something. My grandma took me to a youth event and while I was there, I accepted Christ as my savior. And I go, well, what'd that do for you? She goes, well, I learned in the Bible that once you accept God's savior into your life, Christ Jesus, it says his favor comes on you. 
I go, really? She goes, yeah, can I show you? I said, please do. I didn't know anything about this at the time. So she took me to Psalm 512. It says, the Lord will bless the righteous. And with favor, he surrounds him like a shield. I go, so what did that do for you? She said, I began to imagine that God's favor was all the way around me. That before people could ever come before to me and my handicap, they had to come in contact with God's favor. I said, well, what did it do? She said, so every day, she said, I got into high school and I was still mentally handicapped. She said, this experience happened when I was a freshman where I received Christ and received God's favor. So she said, from that moment, I started living favor-minded. It's interesting, God came to Mary and says, don't be afraid, you're favored by God. You can live fear-minded or favor-minded. Fear will paralyze your spirit, it will sterilize your soul, and it will polarize your life. I'm going to use that on Dr. Phil <laughs> and Dr. Drew. She said every day, she started saying everywhere she went, God's favor's on me. I'm not going to be mentally handicapped anymore. God's favor's on me. I'm going to be able to play basketball. God's favor's on me. I'm going to learn how to read and not be dyslexic. God's favor's on me. I'm not going to be dumb anymore. God's favor's on me. I have the mind of Christ. God's favor's on me. I'm getting healed. God's favor's on me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I go over, not under. God's favor's on me. I'm more than a conqueror. She said it started. And it didn't feel right, but thank God you're not what you feel, you're what you decide. Oh, that was a nugget. Come on, let me break you off. Come on, somebody. You're not what you feel. You could be angry, happy, and horny in the next 30 seconds. Don't be shocked you feel it. It's not perverse. Don't be any of those except happy when you're looking at me. Am I missing something? Song of Solomon talks a whole chapter in the Bible about it. Oh my gosh, he said that. You got urges. Just use them in the right way. You're not what you feel. You're what you decide. Come on. You can feel angry. That don't mean you got to knock someone the heck out. You can feel like you want to do something nasty to someone. That don't mean you got to flip them off. You could feel like doing something sexually, but you know that the Bible says flee from immorality and thought, word, and deed and save your body because it's a temple of the Holy Ghost. Why do you got to live by the way you feel? Will you serve the God of your feelings or the God of the Bible? Ask the person next to you who you going to serve. Your feelings or God? Oh, you guys are awesome on a Friday night. Come on, can you take 10 more minutes of this drug? It's a miracle drug because it's God's words. We say, you don't sound like all the other ministers. I'm not. A woman, 76 years old, I played professional baseball for the Boston Red Sox on an airplane. I had a big dip of Copenhagen in my lip 18, 19 years ago. I'm sitting on an airplane, and she sat next to me, and she goes, excuse me, you. She's from Texas. You. I thought she was talking to somebody else. I started looking around. I go, me? Yeah, you. 
I got a message for you. I was like, oh, Lord. I was doing the sign of the cross before I even knew Jesus. You, you're favored of the Lord. You're going to change millions of people's destinies. I'm like, I think you got the wrong guy. Are you sure it's not the guy in 26A? I cuss. I do a lot of crazy bad stuff. That's okay. God's not shocked. His favor's towards you. God knows you're shaky, but he still calls you to sturdy projects. That was worth someone's gas money right there. Come on. His projects are so sturdy, they can make a weak man a strong man. They can make a weak woman a strong woman. They can take someone that's an adulterer and make them into a great teacher. They can take someone that's a murderer and transform them into a teacher. You still believe that, right? The Bible's a bunch of con men, harlots, angry people, frustrated people. Look at Jesus chose. Did he choose the Pharisees and Sadducees, the wooden seas and couldn't seas? They're so blinded by their religious Christian stuff that they couldn't even see Jesus. Do you listen to Christian music? Do you have Christian business? Do you do Christian Christian? People know so much about Christian, they don't know nothing about Jesus. I'm no longer a Christian, I'm just a Jesus follower. Tell me about the blood of Jesus. Tell me about the name of Jesus. Tell me what the stripes of Jesus can do. Tell me about his supernatural favor and power on your life so you don't got to be regular status quo. Tell me about that you're God's work of art created in Christ Jesus to do big works. Tell me about the fact that you've been sentenced to success by God whether you like it or not. Well, then why don't we all experience? Because people don't believe in God's favor. They don't look for it. I'll look for more of the same. And it's funny, life meets you like you expect it to meet you. In fact, your expectations determine God's reaction and power in your life. You determine how much God works in your life. If you feel far from God, ask who moved. Ooh, that's good stuff. So this girl said, she said, I started saying every day, the favor of God surrounds me. She said, people still told me I was retarded. They still told me you're handicapped. They still said all kinds of nasty things at me. I just choose to ignore them. I got so caught in looking at the word of God and telling what God said about me, I started making myself blind to my weakness and alive to God's favor on my life. And I expected it to work. I go, well, what happened? She said, my sophomore year, I still couldn't play. I played my junior and senior year. I graduated the valedictorian of my high school. Perfect on her SAT. Two years earlier, mentally handicapped in slow classes. She graduated the number one women's basketball player in the state of Oklahoma that they've ever had in a matter of two years. The favor of God could get somebody out of something, but also into something. What do you mean? She told me this story. I was all excited. I had to try it out. Wouldn't you want to know if something worked for you? 
I know some people might go, oh, that sounds like that weird spiritual book, The Secret. You're expecting things to come from the universe to you. I'm not expecting a tree to give me a great marriage. The secret is faith in an impersonal universe. Faith and favor is, a, is confidence in a personal, faithful, loving God who's good even when you're not nice. <laughs> who's loving even when you're a fool. Come on, somebody. Mr. T said, I pity the fool. Come on, somebody. So God says, favor, favor gets you out, but it gets you in. I remember, and I want to tell a story because I just thought about it today. It was a really cool story. I was on Sunset Strip going to Shamrock Tattoo. You can look it up on your in, online. Mark Malone, the most famous tattoo artist in history. He does everybody that you watch on TV. He does them. My friend had booked a, an appointment. For, it took six months for him to get in there. Janet Jackson walked out before he walked in. In this back of his room, and he has a private room for him and his protege, and they got about 10 other uh, artists out in the front. It's not the greatest scene, all kinds of smoke. They're smoking all kinds of leaves and everything else in there. You can hardly see any people's faces. It was just one cloud of smoke. And I walked in the back, there's all kinds of bad stuff on the walls. I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? But my friend had said, would you please come for his birthday? All right, I'm here trying to be a good friend. All right, so I'm sitting in the back and I go, I gotta think of something really fun to do. So I said to the guy doing the tattoo, I said, hey, Mark, do you know that um, God's got a tattoo? He almost like messed up my friend's arm. My friend's like, whoa, watch it. I go, for reals, do you know that God's got a tattoo? And he goes, bull, and he said something else. <laughs> we'll call it stuff. I go, for real, the Bible says he's got tattoos of you on his hand and he can't stop thinking about you. Isaiah 52 says he's got so many tattoos, he's got pictures of you on his hand, and it wasn't done with a Crayola. And he's thought about you, and he's never thought one bad thought about you. In fact, he's just thinking about doing you good because you're favored in his eyes. He goes, you're serious about this? You're not playing me? He's 50 years old, blue, slick back hair. He's, I don't know, he's old, whatever. And I go, let me take you a step further. I said, Jesus has got a tattoo. Then he really said the bad word. I go, no, I'm not joking. In Revelations, it says he's a king of kings and a lord of lords on his left thigh. And it's still there after 2,000 years. <laughs> I said, that must mean you're royalty, and that must mean you're created to dominate stuff, not be dominated. He goes, you're serious. I go, yeah, it's in the Bible. He goes, you got a Bible? My assistant, Ben, was with me. I go, yo, Ben, go to the back, find a Bible in the trunk. Now, mind you, they're playing Tupac, Kanye West. People are doing all kinds of nasty stuff. People's body parts are all hanging out. Jesus, a friend of sinners. Praise God. I love it. So I go, yo, here it is. So I brought him the Bible. There in the shop where they got a lot of bad stuff going on. I go, yo, check this out. It's in the Bible. I brought a big Bible tonight. Good lands. I should have brought like a wheelbarrow to carry it. I'm like, yo, check it out. There it is. He's got pictures of you on his set. He says, oh my gosh. He said, this is awesome. So he says, stop. I got to stop doing my tattoo. I go, what are you going to do? He says, I got to get everybody. He went and got everybody in the whole entire shop on Sunset Boulevard. 
20-something people came into the back room. People are half naked. People got joints in their mouth. They got beers in their hands. They got ink dripping off and blood dripping off from getting tattoos. And there I am in the back sitting there. And he goes, hey, I want you to tell them about God's favor on their life. See, you're an occasion for a God event. You're an occasion for a God event. If you ever become aware of God's favor on your life, it can get you constantly out of stuff, but always into new stuff, because you're looking how it can work through you. So he goes, tell them all that stuff. So they're leaning over me, and I started telling them the scriptures. And then the guy who runs the shop for him goes, whoa, Jesus is a gangster. True story. He goes, Jesus is a gangster. The other guy goes, whoa, ese, Jesus Cristo. I'm going to go light some candles. I'm Catholic. <laughs> Watch how cool this is. So then the guy says to me, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this part of the story, but I'm going to tell it anyways. It's Friday night. He guy goes, you got to get a tattoo. I go, that's probably not the most Christian thing to do. He says, I don't care. You're favored. <laughs> you got a point. He says, I'll hook you up. I said, let's go. So I sat there, and he's doing, he writes my name. My whole name means king. Rexford, Charles, and Crane all mean king. So my favorite verse in the Bible is Romans 5, 17. says, those that receive God's righteousness will reign in favor, will reign as kings in life. So I'm sitting there, and he's doing this tattoo. It's on my arm. I won't show you my arm tonight. It's PG in here. Just joking. So I'm showing him, or he's doing the tattoo, and I go, hey, you feel my energy? The Catholic guy goes, yeah. I go, for real? He goes, yeah. I go, it's kind of soothing, huh? Yeah. I go, did you feel that whole thing about the favor? And he goes, yeah. I go, you want me to hook you up with his favor? He starts to cry. He goes, man, I'm a bad man. I do some bad stuff, blah, blah, blah. I said, God's not shocked. That's why he sent Jesus, so he could restore favor to your life. That favor can get you out of it, but can get you new things in your life and make all things new. Remember, our pastors told us, prepare for new, because all don't dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. And he goes, okay, what do I do? I said, just do the tattoo, but don't mess up, and I'm going to pray, and you're going to feel all of this favor hit you, all this power going to hit you. I said, don't mess up my arm, though. <laughs> and I said, all the people around us, so I said, just pretend we're having a conversation. I go, Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, help him out. That was my prayer. Very religious and spiritual, as you could tell. God likes it when you're real. Come on, give him something he can feel. He wants you. Pray the word, but give him you. Come on. He don't want some form. He wants you. That's why he made you, so he could love you and you could experience him. He craves to be with you. All day long, he waits. Like you wait to talk to somebody, he craves just to hang out with you. Give him a little bit of moment. Not to be devotion, just to tell him that you appreciate him. He loves it.
It's amazing what he'll pull off for you. In fact, the scripture says, the more you thank him for what you're expecting him to do, it says, as they gave thanks and praise, Psalm 67, then God released increase. If you want increase in an area, begin to thank him and praise him already like it's already working, and you'll see supernatural increase happen in your life. Jesus thanked and praised God while he had five fish and two loaves and 20,000 people in front of him, and it somehow multiplied. Someone's got to shift their satellite dish to the All Things Are Possible network. I prayed, and I started going, God, hook him up, favor, heal his family. Started prophesying to him, Rabaka shakata. You pray in tongues? Heck yeah. It's like a stealth bomber, man. The enemy don't know what you're praying. Come on. Your spirit knows things your mind don't. I've never done that before. Good, you could do it later tonight. It's really fun. I do it every day. It keeps me sane. The power got hit this guy. We led this guy's family when God touched this whole family. Now I go in there, they always go, yo, favor. I always walk in there. God's favor, what it could do through you. It could increase your influence can make you the head, make you the top, make you more creative. The favor of God can open up new avenues to touch someone's life, change somebody. The favor of God, if you really adopted it and believed it for yourself, could make you feel special the way God wants you to feel. Mary, you're highly favored. Well, what am I favored for, Lord? Well, this would be the awesome thing. Here's the thing. We prepared for you to carry heaven's dream. We want you to give birth to a son. You're gonna call his name Jesus. Yo, God, here's my obvious. I've never, I'm, I'm a virgin. Isn't it amazing that when God calls you to do something big, you go, oh, but I, I'm nervous, I'm weak, I fail too many times, huh? I have too many, too many things. Oh, no. How do you know God's word is speaking to you, has voice speaking to you? Because it always puts a demand for you to believe for something you can't do on your own ability. Ooh, that's good. The devil's voice talks about your past. Your voice always talks about, I'm nervous. What will people think of me? God's voice always says to do something enormous, big. We want you to carry heaven's dream. What if heaven had a dream for you to carry on this planet? I'm gonna move fast, watch. Let me ask you, what's your dream? What can your dream do? Who can your dream help? If it's driven just by yourself, it's what you can get. While getting's good, they're riches. Riches are what you have, but wealth is who you are. You're wealthy because God loves you. You're wealthy in potential. You're wealthy in what you can do that you haven't done, where you can go that you haven't gone, what you can accomplish, the miracles can you release. You're wealthy because you're breathing. You're wealthy if you have food in your refrigerator at home. You're wealthier than four billion people on the, five billion people on the planet. If you have water, you can drink out of your faucet. We want you to carry heaven's dream. What if there was a dream God wanted you to carry? Let me challenge you for a minute. What's a dream? It's a vision. It's a mental picture of a future state. Helen Keller said, what's worse than being born blind? Having sight with no dream. The poor man's not a man without a sin, it's a man without a dream. What's your dream? Slap the person next to you and say, what's your dream? Well, why are dreams important? Why does God want you to carry a dream? Watch, 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 watch. Because dreams call you to a more heroic life. 
Dreams place a demand for you to stretch beyond, to change somebody. Dreams, they make you imagine a world that doesn't exist, but that must exist. If your dreams, someone say, if my dreams, say like you got energy, say if my dreams became the future of humanity, would they be big enough for God to touch the world? Let me say it like this. God's activity in my life and your life is limited to the size of your dream. In every generation, whether you're Joseph, whether you're Abraham, God rose up people that were willing to dream with him, not dream for him, not dream about him, but dream with him. See, there's some things God won't do with, for you. He only wants to do them with you. That was flipping good right there. I felt that when I said it. Let me rewind and do that again. There's some things God won't do for you. He will only do with you. God, I want you to do this, 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 this. No, I live inside you. Let's do it together. What's your dream? What could it do? If you don't have a dream, you just wonder and wander. You don't know what to make of life. You don't go through the motions. Life has no energy. Your spirit's sterile. You don't have passion. You have no purpose. You have no rhyme or reason. Well, I'm waiting till I get out of high school. Come on. When God raised up people in the Bible to change history, he started with a younger tribe of people that were willing to go outside of their box in their mind and dream with him. Think about Abraham in Genesis 15. God comes to Abraham, and first God told Abraham, yo, man, we're going to make you the father of the nations. He's like, yo, I got a problem. I'm 75, and I don't got that going on anymore. That's okay, they call me God. I can enable your unables. That's good right there. Someone say, God's enabling my unables. So God comes to him one night and goes, it's not good enough I just gave him a promise. I gotta give him a picture of the future. I gotta give him a dream. Can you imagine Abraham? He's an idol worshiper, the richest dude in the world. He's rich, the richest guy on the planet, and yet, he finds himself void of purpose, void of power, because there's power in your dreams. Someone say, there's power in my dreams. He comes to him one night. He's hanging out watching American Idol, Jerusalem Idol. Simon and Paula Abdul are on. This is 5,000 years ago. Imagine how good they looked in. The Bachelorette from Bamf is on next. And God comes to him and goes, Psst, Abraham, I need you to come outside your tent tonight. I'm looking, I gotta talk to you. God, not right now. Sarah just made some cookies. We've been at the store all day long. I wanna make out with her and I wanna watch American Jerusalem Idol. Come back tomorrow. Psst, no, I need someone to dream with and talk to tonight. Psst, no, come back later. God, don't you know who I am? I'm rich. I'm, I'm Abraham. I'm the one that lets you be Abraham. I need you to come outside tonight. Come on, you didn't bring yourself in these doors. Come on. 
You couldn't even walk if God didn't give you the ability to. Okay, fine. Okay, Sarah, chill out, press TiVo, and press pause. I'll be back in a minute. Today's translation. Can you imagine, Abraham? Okay, now, God, I'm outside my teepee. What are we going to do? Got cows, got horses, got stuff outside. I want you to lay down on the ground. God, I'm rich. I ain't going to lay down on the ground. I got my Armani exchange shirt on. I got my diesel jeans on because you made me come outside out of my robe. Lay down on your back. Hurry up, God. I got to get back in. Can you imagine the richest dude in the world laying on his back looking at the stars? And God goes, I want you to count the stars. You want me to do what? I know how to do numbers. I don't care. I'm smarter than you. I made you. Okay. One, two, three, four, 46, 47, 87, 88. God, there's too many up there. I can't count that many. Abraham, I want you to get back down there. I want you to dream and imagine with me. God, this doesn't make sense. Isn't it better if I just say the Lord's Prayer and I let you do everything and I just watch? And then one day I go to heaven? That's not why I created you, Abraham. I created you in my image, in my likeness. I created you to function like me. The word likeness means function in the Hebrew language. What does that mean? I live from the invisible towards the natural. I dream and then I do. Okay, so what do you want me to do? Count the stars again. Oh, boy. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Is that Jupiter? Is that stupid? Or dumb? 91, 92. Hey, that's the North Star. No, I don't give a... 98, 99. God, it's still too big. There's no way it's too big. The expanse is too big. I see too much now. I can... This is... It's overwhelming. God said, Abraham, that's the way your life's about to become. Everything you can see, I'm going to give you. Everything you can dream and see and have a picture about, that's what I'm going to give you. I want you to act like that's going to happen for you. Every generation, God had dreamers. Without a dream, you do dumb stuff. I don't know. I'm going to dabble over here. 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 I'm going to dabble over here, try this, I'll try that, I'll try this, try that, and your whole life's like this, and life sucks like that. You have no passion, you have no energy, God doesn't get the best of you, you're a limited version of yourself, it's like you're on the discount rack. You're a bad version of you. Why? Because I watched it, I had a girl, and I'm going to end with these two stories, and I end tonight, you cool with two stories? I had a guy come to me, and he goes, Rex, I've done a lot of bad stuff. And I go, and he goes, I'm really sick. And I go, for reals? I go, what's wrong? He goes, you don't want to know. I go, you better tell me, because I need to know. He goes, okay, I slept with over a 1,000 men. That's probably not good. <laughs> I said, in fact, that's probably not really good. He goes, you're not going to judge me, are you? I go, no, because God loves you, and I need mercy in my life, so I'm going to extend mercy to you, because I only receive what I sow. The Jesus style. I go, in fact, why don't you come to my house and I'll let you stay at my house and I'll pay your doctor bills and I'll take you to your doctor's appointment and I'm gonna pray for you till we see the reality that he heals all your diseases come to pass. He says, you'll do that? I said, yeah, absolutely. 
I brought him to my house every day. Hey, you're healed of God. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is going into your body. You're getting healed. You're favored by God. Come on, this is not the end. You're going to have a good beginning. Things are just about to get. You're going to have a comeback and beyond, not a catch-up, not a go-back. You're going to have a comeback and beyond. God's going to endorse you and give you a comeback. He started going, I think I'm believing it. He got completely healed, and he goes, yo, can I bring somebody to you? They're getting ready to go into the porn industry. I go, that's not good. And they go, oh, but you, don't, you won't judge them like you didn't judge me. And I go, absolutely not. I said, bring them to the office. He goes, okay. I said, but you need to come with her. He says, okay. So they come to the office. We get in, and here comes this really attractive young girl, probably about 19 or 20. She walks in. We'll call her Melissa tonight. Um, so he's sitting there. She's sitting here, and she walks in. This is her real words. I said, hey, how you doing? My name's Rex. She goes, life sucks. Hey, how are you? My name's Rex. Life sucks. I said, that's a weird way to come at me. Like, that's how you're going to come and say hi? I said, you don't, she goes, you don't know my story. I go, well, elaborate. Tell me your story. She says, my mama died when I was one. I said, man, that's horrible. I don't understand that. I've never had that experience. She goes, my daddy died when I was 10. I go, that's horrible too. I don't understand that. I can understand why you'd see life that way. She goes, every person in my life, they tell me they love me, but they bail on me and leave me. They tell me they're gonna give me themselves and give me good things, and they always ditch me. She says, life doesn't make sense anymore. There's no reason for me being here. Just forget it. She said some choice words. She says, forget it. I'm just gonna go into the porn industry, make some money, and whatever. I go, I can understand why you're bothered, but before you go, can I ask you a question? She goes, fine. I don't even know why I'm here. I go, I think I have an idea why you're here. I go, let me ask you a question. I said, would you ever like to be married? Why are you asking me that? I'm just curious question. Well, I've always dreamed of being married. Why? Well, because I thought I'd be an amazing lover and best friend and share life with someone, and she gleamed up. And I go, hey, write that down. She wrote that down. I've always wanted to be married. I said, well, have you ever wanted to have kids? Oh my gosh, I've always dreamed about having kids. Why? She goes, it would be so awesome to give love and affection and passion that I never had a chance. I said, write that down. Then I said, would, would you ever want to change someone's life? She goes, I would love to help girls that are on drugs and going to prostitution and, and that are struggling with cutting themselves and eating disorders. She said, I go, write that down. She wrote that down in a moment of 17 years, she freaked me out the most, I think, of any place I've ever been. That's 32 countries in some crazy spots. She grabbed that piece of paper and went, ah! I want my dream. I see my dream. You don't know the bad stuff I've done, but I want my dream. I want my dream. I hate me. I want my dream. I want this. I want that. I want that. I want that. But you don't deserve it, but I want that. Holding that paper, clutching it, tears moving down her cheeks at a rapid pace. And the Lord said to me in my ear, whether you believe it or not, I don't care. He said she had an abortion three months ago. Tell her I'm not bad. She'll meet her son when she gets to heaven. Tell her I'm not bothered with her. 
He told me, he said, I'm giving her sight to her future so she doesn't have to live bound by her past. I said, this is gonna sound freaky to you. Tears are rolling down her face. She said, what happened three months ago, God's not mad at you. What do you mean? She started to recoil in the corner. No longer this attractive knockout girl that you would see on a pinup that you might even know. What do you mean? I said, what happened three months ago? God's not bothered. You have a beautiful son. You're going to meet him when you get to heaven one day. God's giving you sight to your future so you don't have to live as a slave of your past because it's a new thing for you. How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? I hate me. I hate me. I hate me. I said, God doesn't. God's favored your life to get you out of this and give you a new name, forgiven, redeemed, beautiful, attractive, loving. God's love doesn't quit. It's called unfailing love. I said, can I introduce you to my friend? He's God. I know he's holy and awesome and all of that, but he's also my friend. And I introduced him to God and I had her prayer, a prayer to forgive herself, forgive herself and some things. And she goes, can we go to the bathroom together? That's a way to interrupt a holy moment. <laughs> Has anybody asked you to go to the bathroom with the opposite sex lately? Hopefully not. I go, are you serious? She goes, yes, we need to go to the bathroom together. I didn't know what to do. I just had this experience with her and it caught me off guard. So I said to the guy, I go, you're coming with me. You slept with a thousand men. You've probably been in the girl's bathroom more than once. I didn't say that. Just touch. <laughs> Laugh. It's okay. It's good for your soul. Some of you ought to just practice smiling. You'd actually feel a whole lot better. She went to the bathroom to go back to Sears, and the whole time she carried that piece of paper. She looked at it the whole way up the steps, almost fumbling her feet. We get to the bathroom, she opens up her purse, and there one by one she started taking out needles. She started taking out heroin. The whole time she kept looking at her dream. All of these things were inside her, just like your future and your dreams God's already put inside of you. He doesn't hide them from you. He hides them for you. Because mm, when you seek him, you'll find them. She held on to that thing. She goes, she was looking. She goes, I want you to take all this stuff. She said, she started putting all these drugs in my hand. She goes, I want you to take all this stuff. I don't want this. She goes, I want my future. I want my dream. I want my dream. She goes, flush this out. I said, no, this is your moment. You're going to flush out what's toxic so you can flesh out of your life what's timeless. She goes, I won't repeat it. <laughs> yes. I'm doing good. That was the PG version. With one swoosh, she pulled that lever of that toilet. Yeah. 
and we watch those drugs go down. Today she works in a rehabilitation center. She helps girls get better and find themselves again. Because one day she saw her dream. What is your dream? What can it do? God came to Mary and says, we want you to carry heaven's dream. We want you to carry heaven's dream. You are made to be known for something, recognized for something. Your similarity to one another creates comfort, but it's your difference in your dreams that will create your rewards. God intended your life to be rewarded and recognized for the difference you contain. You ain't like somebody. The greatest mind in the universe made you and wanted you and made you different on purpose. Stop trying to be like somebody else. God made you an original. Don't die a copy. You ought to clap. That was really good. Here go my notes, because that's the end of it. Watch. Mary, how, how's this going to be? How can my dream, how can this dream happen? My spirit's going to come on you. I'm going to overshadow you, God says. I'm going to overshadow you. You might be saying, how can I reach people? Do you know one time, truthfully, and I know I've probably gone too long, but let me say this. I was 1997, Princess Diana died, and I was across the street from her, her palace in, in England, and an invisible voice spoke to me at 1.18 in the morning on September the 2nd, my birthday. I'd flown in from Israel, and an invisible voice in my room audibly spoke to me and says, it was the Lord, and he said to me, Rex, dream big dreams, and watch my hand bring them to pass. And I learned from that moment God was looking for someone to dream with him. I wanted to think, what could God pull off in my life? What, would it, what, what could God do with you? What could God do with you? Somebody tell me, what could God do with you? What could you do? Would you start a multi-million dollar business? Would you be like a Bill Gates who had a dream? He flunked out of school, but he became the richest dude in the world? What would somebody do? Come on, tell me, what's your dream? Somebody talk to me. Continental Prayer Rally. Awesome, that's a great dream. Somebody else have a dream. Someone talk to me. Evangelist, that's a huge dream. Travel, where would you want to travel to? Everywhere. I'd go get pictures of everywhere you want to go up and i put them all over your room. Make your atmosphere worthy of your attention so you constantly dream with it because what you look at, you drove toward. You want me to show you real quick? Can I just play with you as a psychologist for a minute? I don't look like a psychologist, do I? I'm a shrink. Watch this. Everybody in the room right now, look for everything in the room white. White, white, white. Look all the way around you. Look for white. Look at everything white. Not people. <laughs> you rascals. If I said red, y'all gonna stare at me. Everyone look at everything white. White, 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 white. You see white? Okay, put your hands on your lap. Don't look at me. Keep your hands on your lap, look down at your palms. You're not being hypnotized. Look at your palms. Don't look up, I'm gonna ask you another question. Remember everything that's white. Okay, now I want you to remember everything in the room that was brown. I just screwed you all up. Now look up and look for brown all the way around. Do you notice more brown? Now that you look around, do you notice more brown? Holler back, do you see more brown? What you look for is what you find. What you seek is what you find. Just thought I'd do that real quick. 
Mary, we want you to carry heaven's dream. How could it happen? God's spirit's going to come on you. Plus, I'll give you a role model. We already hooked up your aunt, the rich one, Elizabeth. We hooked her up. She was old. We pulled her out of retirement home, and we gave her a child. For reals? Yeah. I want you to think about this. God's put leaders and people in your life that have had God dreams and miracles happen to inspire you that if God hooked them up, God could hook you up. If God hooked up people in the Bible, he can hook you up. If God hooked up your leaders, your pastors, if he looked up somebody next to you, he's hooked every one of us up. Every one of us has got a story how God came through for us at one time or another, huh? If you got that kind of a story, lift your hand, say I. No, if you got that, say, operate out of power, say I. I. Says if I hook them up, I hook you up. So Mary goes, but this makes no sense though. How can this happen? But she goes, I want to do the God idea for my life. I don't want to live normal. I got one shot on this planet. I'm not guaranteed how long I live, but while I live, even with my weaknesses and all, I want God's plan. I want the big dream. I want to fulfill what God's dream is for my life to take me beyond my capabilities and capacities. I want that, let it happen to me the way you said. And bam, it was birthed in her that night. What if tonight, for a minute, grab hands of the person on your left and your right, hold hands. Even if you know them or you don't, you're a tribe of people in here. Hey, don't break the flow. All eyes on me like Tupac said, watch. For reals, watch, watch, watch. What if there was really a dream inside you that only you could fulfill? That it would make you so enriched and so fulfilled that would cause you to be a better person because God's dreams always come in a size too big so that you have to grow into them. They make you grow in character. I dreamed one night because I didn't know if God could ever use me because I did a lot of bad stuff. But I did something crazy because I read about that they put oil on people's hands to heal people, but I never felt like one of those guys. I don't look like a guy that would be like on like one of those, you know, like a wacko. Well, I think, I think I'm a pretty smart guy. <laughs> At least I like to think that. <laughs> My teachers might think otherwise. But I did this one night. You'll love this, Dr. George and Hazel. I went with my, my folks were out of town. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I retired from baseball, fired my agent, fired all my contracts, and I went and worked at a church for $5 an hour because I had a dream to one day touch millions of people. But yet nobody believed in me and all the people at the Bible college that I happened to go to. You have a great one here. I went to one and they said, you're not cut out for this. You're gonna cuss. They're not gonna let you speak to nobody. Everyone told me why I can't. So one night, when I'm sitting on a Friday night, normally Friday night was the night that I went out and did some crazy stuff. I fired all my contracts, walked away, because I had a dream that one day I would stand in front of millions of people and change people's lives. And the people that I thought were supposed to get me, they didn't get the dreamer in me. Maybe that's why Jesus said the people, he came to his own, his own did not receive him. Not everyone's gonna understand the power of the dreamer in you. Maybe they're not supposed to. But one night I took a whole jar of oil and I started pouring oil that my mama cooked with all over my hands. I have to be honest, I felt like a little bit funky in my head. 
I got to think, just a minute ago, you were getting paid a lot of money for people to take your pictures and be in newspapers, play baseball on TV, and now you're a glorified janitor for $5 an hour. It's a Friday night. Rather than playing baseball on TV, you're pouring your mother's oil on your hands. You do the math. Do, 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 do. I poured oil on my hands, and I said this to God. I said, God, I've done a lot of crazy stuff with these hands. But somehow, I know that dream inside my heart is bigger than my head. I do got challenges. I have a sex drive. I'm grateful for that. <laughs> Anyways, I cuss a lot. I don't read very good. You sent a 76 year old woman to mess with me. We can talk about that later. You know what? I believe it could happen. As weird as this sounds, I don't know all the scriptures. I'm just a guy, no one's calling my phone anymore. People that were my friend, since I'm not playing professional sports anymore, they don't care to be my friend. It's a Friday night, I'm reading healing scriptures in the Bible. Somehow, some way. You put this dream here because it's bigger than me. It makes it feel alive inside. Heal hurting people through me. Send me to Africa where people are hurting. Send me to places that people change people through me. Could you do it through me? I do want a nice house. I do want a nice car. I do want a knockout wife. Ask and you receive that your joy may be full. <laughs> the prayer of a righteous man avails much. If you're expecting little, you're in trouble. God size your order already. It's like you're going trick-or-treating and you're taking out like a little bag going, I want a little bit. Heck no, grab like those massive pillowcases. <laughs> God size your order. He's able to do more than you imagine. So I would sit there on a Friday night and I poured oil all over my hands. And the Bible says, God, you could do unusual miracles through my hands. These hands have done nap, crazy stuff. And some good stuff, but more crazy stuff. I don't know how it's gonna happen. I'm not good at school. I'm now a glorified janitor. No one even knows my name. In fact, I have to wear a name tag. Before, they used to pay me to take my picture for a baseball card. This makes no sense to my head, but I know the dream is from you. I want my life to matter. If there's one person's dreams, I want you to invade, and I want to, I want to dream awake. I want to live that dream. This is it. Use my life to somehow change and touch people. 
And I pray that I'd leave a God impression. That whenever that guy walks, he might not do everything right, but I feel Jesus around that guy. And send me to all the people that the religious people make fun of. Gay people, hurting people, sick people, prostitutes, actors, entertainers. Put Dennis Rodman in front of me, which he was not too long ago. He was. We had lunch together. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., who God's favor gave him a comeback and got supernaturally delivered from drugs. Not, not treatment. The Iron Man, Jesus set him free. He's been in church with us because Jesus is a big God. Somehow, some way, use these hands. Hold up your hands. Hold up your hands. There ain't no future in your front. Hold up your hands while you hold hands. You didn't give me good directions. Okay, don't break the flow. Don't, don't break the flow. And if there's actually someone that could give me some nice, like, Stevie Wonder behind me, that'd be awesome. If somebody could play some nice music behind me, that'd be awesome. But I want you to, I want you to close your eyes for a minute, okay? For real, let's just stay in a moment. Let's not lose the moment. Moments are fragile. There's a dream inside you that only you can fulfill. It's bigger than you, and it demands that you use your faith in God. You've been favored. You might have not have known it like Mary. Maybe you're planning your simple life, but heaven's been talking behind your back about how great your life was meant to be. Good won't do. Surviving won't do. Average won't do. Even if last year was great, as the voice of God has said, I'm doing a new thing. And God never out, never just does the same. He always outdoes what he does before. He goes from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Strength to strength to strength to strength to strength. God will never out stop performing his last miracle. Michael Jackson at his funeral, he had sang his last note. I was there. But God will never stop performing his greatest feats, his greatest miracle. And in your life, it's not in your past. It's now. And the miracle is the dream inside of you that calls you to a more heroic, more awesome life. I want you, as I did on that Friday night, I poured oil on my hands to lift it. We're lifting it together because God's waking up a, tree, a, a tribe of dreamers who dream unusual, miracle dreams that had to be God. The kind of dreams where you invent technologies, you open your own businesses, you get supernatural increase. Dreams where you heal the sick and you really do see blind eyes open. Dreams where you are a great mom and dad, where you have the ultimate relationships, where you pass tests that you seem impossible. You get into the school beyond that you thought you could get because of God's supernatural favor. Now I want you to break hands for a minute. Just keep your hands up and I want you, every person, for 25 seconds, I want you to dream with your daddy. Let God inspire you. You don't need to pray. You don't need to ask him, a, tell him a million things you want. He already knows what you want. 
He's all-knowing. He likes it when you ask of Him. But sometimes it's nice to dream. Dream about the world you want to live in. Dream about what you want to give to God this year. Dream about who you want to heal. Dream about where you want to go. Dream about where you want to travel, as our friends said here tonight. Dream about who you want to help. Dream about the person, the mom, the dad. Dream about what you want to become. Dream. 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 The Spirit of God had prophesied through Joel and said, when the Spirit of the Lord is released, that they would dream dreams. They would dream dreams. Dream dreams. If you feel God inside you is challenging the dreamer inside you to stand up and dream with him again, challenging to come to a place where he can overshadow you. Maybe you put the, the dreamer on the back burner. Maybe life's become too usual for you. Well, I do the same thing over and over. You're not going to get different. That's insanity, doing the same thing, expecting something different. That's being foolish. If the dreamer inside of you could talk, would he say it's been painful watching you settle for less and less? It's hard watching you for settle for small roles that people assign to you, weak labels that minimize who you really are and undermine your power and your strength and potential. If the dreamer and you can talk, say it's hard watching you. Why have you become disassociated with me? Tap back into me, for in me, your future can be birthed. Through me, your future can become wonderful. Through me, you can go to new heights and become what you're destined to become. If you feel the dreamer inside you talking back to you today and God putting a new demand on your life to dream with him and walk out a heavenly dream, I want you to stand to your feet. One, two, three, bam, stand. If not, don't stand because other people are standing. Only if it's the real deal for you. If you say, Rex, tonight, hey, I want to reconnect. I want God's spirit to come on me. I don't know how things are going to happen. I don't know how it's all going to work, but I feel something inside me. Maybe I don't even know my dream, but I know that I want my life to be bigger than it is right now. I want to connect with God, the one that put me on this planet to fulfill a dream. That I don't want to go and put all my dreams that, that were an unlived life. I don't want to have a near life experience. I want to have a full life experience, an abundant life experience. And I know that's in the power of God's dream in me. I want to experience that dream. If you want to connect with the giver of your dream tonight, I think a guy wrote a book called The Dream Giver. If you want to connect with the dream giver, the God that made you, if you want to have a moment tonight where the Spirit of God can begin to immerse you and begin to reveal to you aspects of your future, incite to your tomorrow, if you want that, I just want you to come and I want you just to kneel down here. That's you. Just come. You don't have to have anybody lay their hands on you, spit on you. That could be cool if it's God. If we have the worship team too, just a couple people can just sing and flow real nicely. If the dreamer's talking back, I want you to come and gather around a tribe of dreamers. You aren't normal, Calgary. You ain't normal. People always tell you that, but it's interesting. 
We keep doing the same things. What if this was the night where a dream so immersed you that you couldn't go to bed tonight because you dreamed of what you wanted your life to be about? Was it being selfish to dream of something I want? No, God put desires in you. And when you delight yourself in him, he gives you the desires in your heart. They're not in heaven, they're in your heart. Those dreams and desires are already in your heart. Ask the Lord to begin to show you aspects of what your future looks like. Ask him to show you your dreams. Ask him questions. He said, call to me. I'll answer you, show you great and mighty things. Maybe he'll show you healing somebody, opening an orphanage, being a missionary. Maybe he shows you you're going to have 500 people and in a business. A guy got a dream in a church not too long ago, and it showed him a new way to do business. As a result, he made $487,000 in one month. He went from broke sleeping on the couch to $487,000 in his pocket because he came forward and he tapped into the God that could inspire ideas. Thank you, Lord. If you know how to pray in tongues. If you've never prayed in tongues, try it. But what if it doesn't work? What if it does? He won't pray for you. He said you pray in tongues, not him. God created tongues. If you pray in English, do pray in English. You pray in Spanish, pray in Spanish. You pray in Portuguese, pray in Portuguese. Father, pour out your spirit. Let dreams be released upon the people. Let your dreams be released upon this tribe of mighty men and mighty women ready to turn a generation around. Let the dreams of heaven awaken young Joseph's amongst us. Let him awaken young Gideons. Let him awaken Queen Esther's. Let dreams awaken, I pray. Powerful men and women of God, new Lydia's would rise up. New Mother Teresa's would rise up. New Sister Buntain's, new Hazel's would rise up. I pray in Jesus' name. Father, release dreams on your people. Give them vision, not just sight, vision. Enlarge the eye and their understanding. Let them see who you've made them to be. Give them a crystal clear, vivid picture. Let them see themselves in the future. That they look a little better than they even look right now. Spirit of God, impregnate people with your dreams. Let them conceive it on the inside. Let them see themselves running. Let them see themselves moving. Let them see themselves dealing. Let them see themselves making a difference, leaving a God impression, leading their schools to be Christ. Let them see themselves sponsoring an orphanage, not waiting to one day. Let them see themselves doing something big now, writing a book, creating a cartoon, doing something big in media, writing new songs. Come on, your 
soul loves this. Give yourself 30 more seconds. You can do it. Imagine. Use your mind. Use your imagination. Imagine yourself different. Imagine your life different. Imagine Jesus operating in you, living in you, moving in you. person on your left and your right, I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for them for 15, 20 seconds. I want you to pray for the dreams of God to come alive inside of them. Come on, what you make happen for somebody else, God makes happen for you. Come on, release a miracle. Be a dream releaser. Come on, let God use you as a dream releaser for a minute. God, wake up some dreamers. Wake up a tribe of people to see the impossible, to see the invisible, to see they are the so- they are a solution on this planet. They are modern day Moses, they are modern day Abrahams. They are modern day as the body of Christ that we're ready to do the works of God, the dreams of heaven. of something better than where you are right, bigger than where you are right now. Raise your hand if that's really you. 
what I want you to do. How many feel like God gave that to you, huh? People can't give that. You know what the good news is? That means when you walk out of here, no one can take it from you. Okay, watch, watch. Keep your hand up if you feel God gave you one. I want you just to turn to someone next to you, and I want you to tell them and let them tell you for just 20 seconds, just share them a little bit of that dream. And if you're a listener, before you do it, don't start. I want you to really listen to them, okay? Just for 20 seconds, and we're all going to give up and worship the giver of dreams. I want you to talk to someone. Tell them a dream that you may be or an idea you have in your mind. What if they think I'm stupid? Who cares? I told someone when no one had hired me to speak, I was a minimum. God gave me a small goal of reaching 43 million people, 10 million people away. <laughs> Come on, let the testimony of Jesus be released. Come on, that's the spirit of prophecy. The testifying of what God's doing. Come on, if it's to be a great cook and a great chef, own your own restaurant. That's a God idea. Come on. If it's to touch an Indian reservation, that's a God idea. If it's to take homeless people in, that's a God idea. It's to work with kids and be a great coach, a great teacher, that's a God idea. How many people, when you're saying that, it makes you feel good when you talk about it? Okay, before, I, before we get into this, I want to do one thing. Can I do one thing real quick? Who is here and you feel like it's a God idea for you to go on the mission field at some point in your life? When I say mission field, it sounds so old school. Let me put it this way, to travel the world and kick some devil butt. You can be cool and do it. If you feel that, if you feel like God has a call on your life to be a minister or something like that, like where you touch and teach and change, maybe to prophesy to people, help people see their future in God and to heal people. If you feel that really is a call, I want you to lift your hands just where you are. Pastors, all of us that are around, leaders, I'll say leaders. Leaders, all those people that have their hands up, people that are around them, I want you to put your hand on their shoulders, not their head, but if men of God and women of God can get around them, if you have, that's you and you have your hand up, I want to do something really cool and holy and awesome here tonight that's you and you got your hand up if we leaders if we can get around them and if we can pray for them and lay our hands on them for a minute i know it's a first night good let's start off this way let's start off with a bank okay and we're gonna pray father we thank you for the call of god that's stirring people up to not just hear your voice on the planet but to become your voice on the planet I pray that God, all these people that are feeling this sense and urgency 
to travel the world and touch people with the saving, healing power of the living Jesus. I pray that, God, you'd open doors no man can shut. I pray you'd release upon them the spirit of revelation. I pray that they'd come to see you. You'd walk off the pages of the Bible, up and down in their heart. I pray they would really know you. I pray they would know the strength of your spirit inside of them. I pray that they would know that, Lord, where you give vision, you give provision. I pray you'd order their steps and you would fulfill these God ideas on the planet. I pray that, God, you would strengthen the resolve. Anoint and empower, I pray, with your supernatural energy. I pray the leaders to lead and guide and train and develop these leaders. And I pray, Lord, you thrust them into the universe. I pray to carry your message that you're the God that does the impossible. You're the God that makes a way where there is no way. You're the God that makes what's crooked straight. And you're the God that takes what's obscure, tiny, insignificant, just like Mary, and you make it significant so that people 2,000 years later are still talking about what she did with you. I pray you'd raise up every person in this place and you would release your power upon their life to do, to dream and do the impossible. In Jesus' awesome, holy, 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 perfect name. If you believe that that's for you, for real, say, yeah, God, come on, let's do it. Instead of saying amen, say, yeah, let it be to me. Let it be to me, God. Let it be to me. How many want to worship and give praise to the God that's given dreams tonight? Come on, stand on your feet. Let's go for it.